Welcome to Founder Views. My name is Costa. I'm your host and co-founder of Web for Realty, a SaaS company that I bootstrapped out of my parents' basement with no money and no tech experience into a fully remote company doing seven figures in ARR. I'm taking you through my SaaS journey in real time as I talk about business situations I'm going through, thinking about, or just find interesting. My purpose is not to give you the answers, but to spark something in your mind that can help improve your business along the way. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Lotops. Lotops CRM is an agency management software for independent insurance agencies. It's easy to use, powerful, and very affordable. You can do things like track premiums and commissions for you and your team members, create and assign tasks for team members, sync your Google calendars and emails, and automate reminders for client birthdays or product renewals. Lotops makes it easy to stay on top of things with your customers and prospects so you can save time and focus on growing your agency. So if you're in the insurance business, make sure you check out lotops.com. That's L-O-T-O-P-S.com. Lotops.com. You won't regret it. All right, Andre, thank you so much for joining me on the Founder Views podcast. I'm really excited for you to be here. Awesome. Thank you for uh, letting, me be, letting me be here. Amazing. Sure. Pleasure's all mine. Um, so, Andre, you're the co-founder and CEO of Satismeter. Yes. You help uh, yes. SaaS companies understand customers and identify at-risk customers before they churn, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, like both being in SaaS, like this is arguably the most important topic to cover in SaaS, churn. So, so I was really excited to have you on and, and dive into mm-hmm. these subjects and a lot more. But, um, but if you don't mind, uh, let's kick things off by just telling our audience a bit about yourself and what exactly Satis Meter does. Of course. Uh, so, so a little bit of a background about me. I, I'm, I've been the co-founder and the CEO for the past four years, let's say, uh, when, when actually Satis Meter first came, uh, like, like when we started working on the project full time, uh, the initial idea came from my co-founder slash my brother, which is quite unusual uh, to be brother co-founders. So uh, he, he at the time he was uh, heading a front-end engineering in Good Data, a big data company, and they were actually uh, they had all the analytics they they needed, so they knew uh, all all the funnels, but they didn't know why people why users were doing what they were doing so why they were why they clicked where they clicked uh and basically as all SaaS companies these days understand uh that uh, analytics is not enough and you really need to understand why people are doing what they're doing uh so he looked for a simple way how to ask customers uh for simple simple NPS question, uh, and when they didn't find any any easy way how to do that, they actually developed a first version of a super simple pop-up and saw this amazing value out of the responses, uh, which was quite eye-opening for them uh, and helped them build, uh, improve their dashboard quite quite rapidly. Uh, and when the things change in good data, uh, Jakub started to uh, actually build this as a product for other people. Uh, that's when I joined. 
and by the beginning of 2016, uh, we actually started working on it full time uh, and joined the seat accelerator in Prague, Czech Republic, called Startup Yard. So that's where things started move. Okay, faster. that's awesome. Thank yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that background. Uh, so that's interesting. So so your brother, uh, you know, basically created it to, you know for his own need. He was looking for something on yes, its own. Yes. So, uh, so the initial was really solving their own need. Uh, and after they saw the like value that got it, uh, that got us, got us thinking that quite a lot more SaaS companies could use this. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm curious, how long after it was created, did, did you realize that other companies can use this as well? So uh, I I think as this started as a side project, uh, like the early adopters were quite soon. So uh, say uh, three months after uh, Jakub started building it, uh, there were first free users. Uh, so yeah. Okay, that's awesome. So, so you were basically 2016 is when you started working uh, with Satismeter full time. Yeah. Okay. Per- so, what's your background? Are you developer as well? Or? So, no, no. I'm actually sales slash marketing. Uh, Jakub is engineer, so uh, it's quite interesting match. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, you're you're right. I've, this is the first time I've personally heard about um, a brother uh, <laughs> co-founder team. So yeah. So that's cool. How is it working with, with your brother? So, so I think it's great uh, and challenging at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I can know, imagine. Because, I, have, I have an yeah. older brother myself, so uh, I can imagine how the dynamics sometimes could be uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Can be interesting, but but actually, uh, like uh, I, I think we learned quite early on to totally separate work and uh, like the let's say family life. Uh, and it actually works very, very well, I would say. Uh, we built the whole company t- to be remote. So at the moment, there are seven of us. Uh, so basically, most of the time, we actually solve things online. Uh, and when we meet in person, it's usually more of a, a family relationship. So. Yeah. Nice. Oh, nice. You know, that, that's awesome. It's definitely key to, uh, to separate, um, you know, family and business. Uh, I think a lot of people probably can't do that or find it difficult. So, yeah. Um, so, so tell us more about like status meters. So like if, 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 what kind of companies do you target? Do you generally SaaS companies? We focus on SaaS companies at the moment because, uh, that's, what we understand well, uh, that's actually our background. So uh, we know how, how to measure uh, measure NPS or gather NPS feedback for SaaS companies. Uh, that was actually one of the learnings in 2018 when we saw a, a big opportunity in e-commerce space as well, uh, where we tried uh, getting into the e-commerce market uh, and the learning was that, that we actually failed, uh, finding a market in there. Uh, yeah. 
So we redirected back to SaaS and now now we uh, go full ahead on, on SaaS. Got it. Perfect. Is, is there a particular segment of SaaS companies that seem to that you seem to better help or, or like do your customers range from like small, big enterprise? So I, I would say it's uh, mid-size uh, SaaS companies. Uh, if they're like really big, large enterprise, uh, they usually uh, need more robot system. If they're small, that means couple of uh, couple of employees and let's say up to, up to 500 users, then uh, a full NPS solution. Uh, maybe too early to adapt. So, so you said about 500 users is maybe too early to adapt? Uh, below, below 500 users. Below 500 is too. Okay, that's interesting. So, 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 so because of, obviously, uh, at, like if, if you're in initial, uh, you know, if, if you're starting with SaaS companies, you really need to talk to customers as, as much as possible. And when you actually scale up, it gets too hard or to like talk to all of them and you need some kind of process and NPS then is a great tool to understand your customers. For sure. I totally agree. Uh, let's step back for a second. I think we're, we're sort of overlooking. So if someone's listening who doesn't even know what NPS does, like, so, yes. you know, how would you describe if, if I'm a SaaS company and I, I look at status meter, like what exactly do you provide? Okay, so basically NPS, uh, the Net Promoter Score or Net Promoter System is a methodology that uh, actually measures customer satisfaction uh, and it quite nicely correlates with uh, your potential future growth. So uh, basically everyone uh, these days knows what NPS is, maybe even though they don't uh, recognize the name, but they all saw the question, how likely are you to recommend us to your friends and colleagues on a scale zero to 10, which is the standard NPS question. Uh, and actually the idea behind it is if someone gives you the score zero to six, they're called detractors, which means they're unhappy customers. And if they are asked by someone else, they will not recommend your service. If they score nine or 10, they're called promoters. And these are the guys that will very likely uh, recommend you. So everyone uh, these days, if they want to buy something, they go to, to Amazon and look at the rating of what they are buying. Uh, and if something has, I don't know, two stars of, out of five, uh, they will never buy it. So, so this is this is basically very similar only uh, in SaaS world. Got it. Perfect. Thanks so much for for breaking that down. And, and you touched on it, but but why is it? Why is NPS important for SaaS companies, and why should every SaaS company be using NPS? Yeah. Uh, so basically, there are two levels. One is like a super high level, uh, and that is you need to track the customer satisfaction over time and see if you're doing something right and the satisfaction improves. That means the, the score, the NPS score improves. Uh, and if it improves, it's very likely that your churn will 
decrease. That means you there will not be that many unhappy customers do, that will leave you. And also, obviously, if you have more happy customers, they, they will leave more positive reviews and basically uh, you will start growing. So, so that's the high level. And then uh, there's the second level, and that should, that is usually from the view of like customer success people who can actually identify each unhappy customer and try to like contact them and try to resolve their problems before it's too late and before the customer charts. So uh, one level is like a, uh, a big picture when you can see the Im overall improvement in customer satisfaction. And the second level is individual customer on a customer basis where you can really help out the unhappy customers try to resolve their problems before it's too late. And that's, that's awesome. So, so that's interesting. So is that actually like a direct correlation with like real data? Like if, if your NPS improves over time, your churn will decrease? Uh, so yes. Or is that is, just more though, like a theory? So, so <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a theory that's backed by some data, obviously. Uh, like there are so many aspects uh, going into it then that this is quite hard to like pinpoint like exactly because like the satisfaction doesn't improve just by on its own. So, you know, that's not something that will happen like you will, uh, with anything, uh, with everything else the same and just satisfaction bumps up so you can correlate it with something. But, uh, for example, the last data I saw was, uh, Patrick, from price intelligently from Profitwell, uh, did some, did some analysis and saw that, uh, the companies that are in the top quartile of, uh, of the market in, in terms of satisfaction are growing much faster than the companies that are below. So, so, uh, like it's, uh, fr from their data, it was quite clear that uh, the companies that do do it right, that that work on the customer satisfaction, are the ones that have a much faster growth. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Okay, um, so so question I have so like for let's say for companies that have never used um, the MPS methodology or MPS mm -hmm. scores for their customers before. Like, are there any tips or recommendations on how to get started or best, best practices? Like, like, for example, do you just send the survey to all your customers every month or a couple of months? Or, or what does your experience tell you on best practices? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I assume we are talking about uh, the SaaS company that has web app and maybe a mobile app. Uh, exactly. Yeah, let's stick on SaaS companies for sure. Yeah. Definitely. So, so usually the best practice is to ask for the NPS for the first time uh, when the user reaches, like when the user is in time, they that should be reaching the aha moment. Uh, why I'm saying that they should be, but not they they reach, is that, uh, for example, uh, most com in most SaaS companies after two weeks, the trial user should understand what's going on, how it, how it works. Uh, and then when you ask for a feedback 
two things can happen. One, the user really understands what's going on uh, and but still remembers the growing pains and can give you uh, quite qualified feedback. Or they were not able to get to the aha moment, uh, in which case you can get a great feedback into how to improve your onboarding and also uh, how to help the customer to move along the onboarding journey. So the first time, let's say, uh, two weeks after the sign-up, and then for SaaS companies, usually uh, you should ask about every three months, which is like the sweet spot before, uh, b- between like too often where the users would just start to be bothered and stop answering and too long where actually you can miss the unhappy customer and they can already be gone. So three months usually is, is like the sweet spot. Okay, so and that's ongoing uh, every three months. That's ongoing. Uh, okay. Usually, uh, what we recommend and how Sadis Meter is actually built is that we don't ask, uh, we don't send the survey out like in huge batches. That every three months you would be flooded with responses, and then you would wait for another three months. But uh, like the way we do it is, each customer will be targeted uh, individually on their own customer journey. So let's say two weeks after they started, they will get the feedback. Uh, so you get continuous feedback, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I wanted to ask you too. So I, I, you know, I guess, you know, I understand how, you know, every, every customer enters sort of in their own journey, but let's say you have like, you know, thousands of customers and you're just getting set up with, with, uh, NPS now, um, do you advise like segmenting your actual like power users versus users yes. who are not too active or like stuff like that? Yes, definitely. Uh, we actually build the whole thing so you can uh, survey customers in different segments. You can even ask different questions to, uh, for from customers from different segments. So uh, I would definitely recommend it. And if you're actually starting. Uh, like if you turn it on and uh, you would actually survey all thousand customers at the same time, uh, you like I don't think you would handle it. So we usually recommend starting with some kind of sampling and then increase it so it spreads over time and you can basically improve your process because the first thing you need to do when starting with with NPS is actually figure out figuring out the whole process what you're going to do after you collect the feedback because like there's nothing worse than if you ask for the feedback, uh, the customer replies and no one gets uh, back to them. Like Im- imagine if you're in a, I don't know, real world scenario. If you're in a, in a restaurant, uh, the chef asks you after the meal, uh, if it was good, you said it, it, it really sucked. Uh, and like no no one no one follow up on that and they would just let you leave you know yeah. so <laughs> yeah so so definitely you need to figure out what the process in your company is who is going to handle it who is going own the 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 process if it's more of a product uh, thing or if it's more of a customer success uh owned process 
you need to really uh, set it up in, into other tools. So usually what, what our customers do is if they use intercom, uh, they integrate Salismeter with intercom and actually their support people will answer uh, on all the, basically we create a new ticket in intercom for every unhappy user or for every user that left any kind of verbal feedback. Okay, yeah. so so that's interesting. You, you sort of segued into what I wanted to ask next. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you, so you have your NPS scores. You sent out the survey. You know, you have the data and the feedback from customers. Now, like, how can you now use this data to your advantage, specifically with helping churn? Like you mentioned, a really good one. Now it's like all the detractors with the low score. You can segment them and have someone in your in your company, depending on the process, maybe reach out to them. Um, mm-hmm. Any other suggestions, tips for for not only the, the 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 detractors but the promoters as well? So if you're looking into like uh, what you're gonna do with the data once you collect the feedback, then uh, I would say most of our customers who use Segment.com uh, send all the data back into Segment, send all the collected responses back into Segment. So then they can have it inside intercom. They can have it inside, uh, you know, any kind of analytics tool, tool they use. Some people, uh, that use Gecko board actually, uh, have, have NPS on their Gecko board so they can see in real time, uh, if there's something going on. Uh, and, but uh, with other integrations, uh, like you, you, we actually mentioned Intercom, which is, which these days quite a lot of SaaS companies use. So, uh, you know, Intercom or any kind of other live chat is great integration because, uh, if unhappy, unhappy customers leaves any kind of feedback and you can, uh, answer them directly via live chat while they're still inside the product, the, opportunity to actually help them, you know, resolve their problems is is much higher than if you follow up the next day via email or via any other any other uh, channel. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I want to ask as well. So so what's you know, I get a lot of NPS um, surveys from a lot of different companies, uh, some by email, some in app. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are your suggestions there, especially for, for the, the every three months ongoing surveys? Like yeah. Are those email every time or those in-app so, every time? So, so we, we actually recommend mixing it up uh, because from our numbers, usually uh, if you ask for an in-app survey, on average, the response rate will, would be roughly around 30%. Uh, if you ask the, you know, the right question at, at the right time. That means you don't ask a survey that would block the whole whole screen uh, when the user needs to finish something. But if you use unobtrusive survey pop-up that stays at the bottom of the page so user can finish what they're doing and then leave a review, uh, then it should be around, let's say, the, the 30% on average. Uh, but obviously not everyone will answer inside, inside the app. So the way we do it is that we show the survey when the targeting is right for the individual customer. We show the survey as a pop-up 
inside web or mobile app. Uh, and if the user doesn't A, respond, or B, if they don't show up in, let's say, two weeks, uh, we follow up via email survey, which has, the re- you, like, if, if we do only email surveys, the response rates uh, are on average, like, 8 to 10%. So okay. uh, if you combine both, both of these channels, you can improve the overall response rate quite nicely and also reach out to the users that are already churning and would, would not show up inside your app. So the in-app uh, for the churning customers doesn't work that well. That's why uh, we actually usually recommend using both of these channels. Got it. Makes <clears throat> sense. And so what's a good NPS score? Like what should companies be striving <laughs> towards? That's a great question. Uh, thank you for it. So <laughs> we always say our customers do not use any kind of benchmarks because like, uh, you cannot compare to any other, uh, tool on the market. Uh, you know, if you have slightly different products, slightly different pricing, slightly different users, then your NPS can be like by 20. 20 numbers, 20, by score of a 20 different than, than your competitor. Uh, so the only relevant number that you should be comparing to is your own company, let's say six months ago or three months ago. So, uh, that being said, obviously, like if your NPS is above 30 or 40, uh, that means much more people, <laughs> like you than uh, dislike your services. So you're doing something good. But I would really strongly urge anyone who tries to look at benchmarks and tries to compare them to their competitors is uh, please don't. Please compare <laughs> yourself to, to, please try to be better than you were three months ago. And if you do that regularly, systematically, uh, you should be above your competition. That's an interesting answer. Admittedly, not the one I expected because like I've read and like you've always read about benchmarks and stuff. So, so that's a very interesting. Um, so, so actually, you, you know, bench, benchmark is a amazing SEO thing. So everyone tries to use benchmarks because it will bring them uh, a lot of traffic because people are searching for it. But it's, it's just, it's like a shortcut, you know, if, if you do something right, uh, sometimes it just takes longer, uh, but will pay off in the end. So benchmarks is one of, one of these. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Do you have any of your own like inside data that, that tells you like the average company has a score of this or it's, it's sort of like ranges depending on. So, so many it ran- it's, it ranges heavily. Some of our customers are even in, uh, I, I saw customers that have NPS 90 something. Uh, I also saw customers that are around zero. Uh, so it, it really ranges. It, it's nice. It, yeah. There is no, no like uh, benchmark 
that that would that would uh, cover SaaS. Yeah. yeah. So uh, very quickly, like we're throwing around these numbers, like thirty or forty, you said is good, and some with ninety. Like mm-hmm. how how do you how do you calculate an NPS score? Like how do you get um, that? Number? Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, I skipped. Yeah. Uh, so so basically, NPS, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the promoters and the detractors. Promoters are the happy customers. The detractors are are the unhappy ones. And NPS is basically a score that can be between minus 100 and plus 100. That means the percentage of happy customers minus the percentage of unhappy customers. So if all your customers are happy, uh, the score would be plus 100. If all your customers are unhappy, the score would be minus 100. If you have... Uh, 50 of your customers are happy, 50 are unhappy, the NPS would be zero. Okay, got it. So you said the percent of happy customers minus the percent of unhappy customers yes. gives you your NPS score. Yes. Got it. All right. Okay, perfect. Good. So to know. as I mentioned, if someone had 92, that means uh, 8%, roughly 8% of their customers are unhappy. Yeah. And that's that's a really good score. Obviously. That's a really good score. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If if okay. you imagine and uh, if you imagine that ninety percent of your customers will recommend you anytime they're asked, then yeah, you're doing doing something right. So it, interesting that so you said above thirty or forty is good. So that means like sixty percent of your customers would not recommend you though, or seventy percent. So it's actually not uh, not true because it's the happy ones minus the unhappy ones. So if you look at forty, that means uh, it's sixty yeah, forty. Yeah. Okay. No. Right. Right. Or okay. it, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, there is yeah. also the passives which are somewhere in the middle and that mm-hmm. are not counting into it. So if if you have, you know, uh, some some that are like. Mm, it's okay. So it can be, it can be like 20% unhappy, uh, 10% happy. And, and then you're uh, minus 10. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Perfect. Um, all right. No, that's great. I, I think that was a, a good rundown on NPS. Um, I, I want to switch gears slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of my people listening are early stage SaaS founders. Uh, so it's a question I, you know, I, I like to ask. Um, how did you gain traction with Satismir early on and get your first handful of customers? So uh, there were a couple of things we uh, we actually actually posted Satismir on Vita page where we got some first initial initial uh, trial or first let's say uh, like like the beta testers. Uh, and early on, we actually uh, were the first NPS tool that integrated with Segment. Uh, back then, it was Segment.io. These days, it's Segment.com, which is a customer data hub. And we were actually the first tool that uh, measured NPS uh, that there was being able to be set up via Segment. Uh, and that's that's where we actually got like first bigger, larger customers. 
Nice. Okay. So that that's interesting. Um, and, oh. and basically, yeah. then we follow up. Uh, you, you know, we we actually tried some paid ad ads, which didn't work, and we don't still don't do paid ads. Uh, so mostly it was content uh, explaining how NPS work, how we can help customers, uh, you know, with churn, how actually product guys can work with uh, customer feedback and stuff like that. So, so it was more of an educational thing. Uh, and we try to work with uh, different partnerships, uh, integrations. Yeah. Love it. Okay, perfect. Um, so, so, and today, like, is like, what would you say are the growth channels that are working best for you today? Is it still like the, the partnerships and integrations? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, uh, the partnerships and integrations are are the main source of our growth still, still today, uh, and it's it's also maybe because we uh, that's that's how we grew and that's you know the way we do things. So uh, even though we tried uh, doing the, we tried investing into ads, we tried some kind of, you know, Facebook, Google, uh, but we, we were never able to make it ROI positive. Yeah. So it, it really paid like, it, it, it's really worth investing in producing uh, helpful content or uh, integrating with the tools that will basically bring uh, the SaaS, SaaS company, SaaS users more value. Yeah. Yeah, no, makes complete sense. I, I was going to say, like, I think a, like a product like yours, it makes so much sense to, to, have, to be integrated, have as many integrations as possible and just get embedded into a, a SaaS company or any company's platform as yeah. much as possible to make it more sticky. So that makes sense. Um, any exciting integrations coming up? So, uh, we, at the moment, I'm, I don't think there are any, uh, like super new integrations because, uh, for most bigger, bigger, uh, SaaS tools, we already integrate. Uh, either directly or via Zapier. Uh, and we also have like Webhooks API. So, uh, not that much, but, but, uh, exciting thing that, that we are launching pretty soon is, uh, additional surveys. So not only NPS, but also other surveys that, uh, that people can ask. Uh, usually product people really need to know. Uh, we need to ask different questions throughout the customer journey. So uh, we are launching additional questions that, that you can ask at certain times of, of the customer journey. So you can, you know, understand your customers better and improve the product. Yeah. Okay. That, that's awesome. And what would you say are the, the percent of uh, sort of a curious question, but like the percent of customers you get that come from these integrations versus just someone randomly finding you on like Google through content. So uh, that that's, uh, you know, the in original source of customer is sometimes quite hard to tell, but I would say 60% of people that come to us come through search 
and 40 through 40% through the different partnerships. Oh, okay. Well, I would have guessed uh, reverse for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, so quite a lot of people, uh, you know, there are two, two big groups that come to us. One is people who are looking for NPS and have heard that it's, it's good to try, but don't have any previous uh, experience with it. So they look for content about NPS and then uh, in the second stage, they look for a tool. And the second uh, group is customers that know exactly what NPS is and are just comparing different tools to pick which one would be best for them. Yeah, makes sense. All right, perfect. Um, so you mentioned your your fully remote team. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, we we have we have people from uh, Spain. Uh, we are me and Jakub, uh, the founders. We are based in Prague, Czech Republic, uh, and we have uh, one guy in in Russia. So we are. You know, okay, that's awesome. Distributed. And, um, yeah, in he's seven in the company total, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Prague is one of those places where, um, it's a lot, I've never been, but a lot of people tell me it's their favorite place, uh, to visit. So. Yeah. Prague is an amazing place, but, uh, these days, like, uh, the Czech Republic is a great source for technical talents for, uh, German, German and U S companies. So it can be quite competitive, uh, market and getting a new developers or, Developers basically hiring developers can be can be quite hard, so that's why like the remote uh, can help us when when we when we were uh, actually building the team. So it helped us uh, find the right people uh, that we were able to afford at the time. Oh yeah, that's um, we're also my company's also remote, and yeah, that, that's a massive advantage I think for remote teams is it just yeah. broadens your your potential hires right worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, are, are you guys bootstrapped, or do you have some funding? Or so that? we uh, we have an initial funding. Uh, we we actually. Uh, we got an investment like a seed stage investment a couple of years ago uh and now we are still still running on it nice nice do you share how much uh, was raised uh we i think we we could share it Uh, so it's roughly uh, a little bit under three hundred thousand euros Okay, cool. Very good. Um, awesome. Your website mentions you're helping over 250 companies. Is that accurate? Uh, so let, let me look at my numbers uh, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so uh, at the moment, it should be uh, about 300, 340 customers. Okay, nice, nice. Perfect. Um, I'm not sure if you share it all, but you know, you can do some quick math, but do you get into revenue numbers at all and share monthly Uh, recurring revenue or? uh, So, so usually we don't share it publicly. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Perfect. No, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and you raised that, that money like early on. 
right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, nice. so we actually raised the like initial uh, funding uh, during the first days when we entered the startup yard, the CETA accelerator. Uh, so when we joined it, uh, we, we got like a first 50K and then we actually raised uh, seed round about uh, uh, in another year and a half or something like that. So uh, part of it was that, that we wanted to explore the e-commerce space, as I mentioned before, which uh, we found that it's not the right market for us. Uh, so that, that, that was part of why we actually raised, raised the seed round and it helped, helped us explore the space to see if there's any opportunities. Nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's perfect. Um, so, you know, you, you have a growing company now, growing team. Uh, a problem I see many companies face is like with hiring and onboarding, mm -hmm. just making sure teams are cohesive and aligned with company goals, especially being remote. Um, mm -hmm. So how, how do you manage to keep your team, you know, focused and aligned on the big company's vision? Like anything specific you do in that regard? So, uh, you mean day-to-day -day processes or like... Yeah, just on the day-to-day, -day, like you have a remote team of, you know, seven yeah. people from different parts of the world. Like how do you keep these folks uh, on the same page? So, we are actually running in uh, bi-weekly sprints. Uh, at the beginning, we have a sprint kickoff uh, with a, like a video call via Hangouts where we discuss what we should achieve uh, during this this uh, two-week sprint. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, at the end of the sprint, obviously, we have a, a sprint summary where where we uh, walk through it, what has been achieved, uh, what hasn't, why not. Uh, also, we have like a daily uh, check-ins on Slack. Uh, and along with that, uh, we also do like retrospectives, once a month to see what can we improve in the, in the uh, setup that we have. And uh, yeah, we also obvious, obviously, uh, if necessary, we, we do like some, some strategy meeting with, uh, with the marketing and with the product guys to figure out like what is the next best next move so everyone understand where we are heading and uh why we are doing the things that we're doing yeah no that that's that's perfect what's the makeup of your team like you mentioned uh like you're you're in marketing sales mm -hmm. like developers do you have any sales so, support? so, so uh we have two developers uh we have one product uh, manager slash designer, uh, Jakub is basically heading the product as well. Uh, I am, apart from CEO, I do most of the sales demos and, uh, stuff like that. And we have two guys in marketing. Okay. A any, any customer support or everyone uh -huh. just chips in? With uh, I'm, I'm glad, glad you asked. We actually, uh, really tried to set it up so that everyone helps in in uh, support because we feel that it's really valuable to understand the pains of our customers. So we take turns. Every team member is 
on support one week. Uh, so, you know, and then again in seven weeks. So, uh, obviously there are some cases that, that, uh, we help, help uh, like on, on support with, but it's great that even the marketing people and in the, the, uh, developers can understand what are the real pain, real pain points of, of the customer. I like that. I think that's such a great thing to do. I've, I've seen, um, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of companies, um, doing that. And I think that's, that's very valuable for sure. So definitely it's, it's, uh, it's sometimes quite hard because, uh, the week that you work on support, some weeks you don't do much else because it, obviously, uh, you need to keep an eye on that and you, you're not in, in, in the zone as, as they say, you know, you don't have like such a proper focus on anything else, but we still th- think it's worth, worth this. Yeah, no, make, makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, all right. And a quick question I have, you know, this actually before that, like you mentioned a couple already, but what are some of the favorite tools that you or your company uses to stay productive? Mm-hmm. Uh, to stay productive or overall? Or just any, any favorite tools that your company uses? So, so we, we, actually use, we actually use Intercom ourselves as well for support. Uh, we... Overall, I would say like the tools we use quite heavily. Uh, we use Slack for for a long time. This week we are actually trying out uh, Twist because we feel that in in Slack uh, Slack doesn't work that well with with let's say I would I would say full remote teams where uh, for example developers need to focus on what they're doing. Uh, you know, you, you cannot work asynchronously, uh, via Slack because you're always bothered with some kind of notifications and then it's quite hard to get back to it. So, and also it's really hard to like, if you want to, uh, search for something, uh, revisit it, uh, you don't have, like, you don't have such a, such a great overview. So we're, looking in, into other tools that, that will help, help us and we are just right now trying to twist. Um, okay. other, Let me know other how that goes. That, I'm curious to, to get your feedback. <laughs> okay, uh, I can update <laughs> you on that in the comments. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously big one for us is Notion, which we, where we have uh, like internal, I would say, uh, basically everything from meeting notes, our own, from uh, product roadmap, from you know all analysis we do. Uh, so Notion is big for uh, for the cooperation. I would say we also have Trello for uh, for the tracking of of the uh, sprint. And nice. basically, that's that's it from the like standard. Okay. Nice stack for productivity sure. tools. Yeah. Perfect. Um, another question I have, so, you know, I know this might change from time to time, but are there any key metrics that you're looking to improve on at the moment for status meter or just think there's, there's room to improve on? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we did quite a lot of uh, work on getting better insights in, into our funnel. Uh, and I think that's something that I was surprised how, how hard it was to actually get accurate numbers. Uh, we tried a couple of services like Mix, Mix Panel and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, it didn't work that well. So and at the end, we hopefully, uh, right now finally built something that, that, uh, is showing us the right data. And we see that we have quite low conversion from trials to, uh, the ones that collect the first response. That means after that they will actually install Sardis meter into their web app and then the conversion to paid customers. So in the near future, we'll be uh, really looking into improving our onboarding. Nice. Nice. Perfect. Thanks for sharing. Um, I'm also curious to hear from you, and this is also like a difficult question to answer for most people, but but what does a typical day look like for you as CEO of Satismeter? Like, you mentioned already you sort of do some sales and demos, but do you, do you find yourself gravitating towards like a certain department like sales or, or set of tasks or, or how does a typical day look like? A uh, typical day is, <laughs> I would say each day is slightly different, but yes, uh, definitely quite a lot of time uh, of mine is taken by like sales. Uh, so, so if I don't have like demo calls, uh, you usually s- some uh, customers reach out directly to me if they want to ask uh, any sales related questions or uh, stuff like that. And also, obviously, uh, like we are quite small team, so we help out uh, in I help out in um, marketing, you know, with or trying to figure out like other partnerships. So, you know, uh, yeah. Sorry, multiple hats slightly, wherever you need it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I think every, every, every startup or SaaS, uh, people who are from small teams know that you need to wear five or six hats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can and certainly attest to that. Like, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Costa, so how big is actually your team? We're we're also fully remote. Uh, we're a team of fifteen full time in uh, okay. Eight and countries you still, the world. and you probably still wear different hats every day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it seems I ask this question to to every CEO I have on, and, and I like I, I ask it because I'm I'm look I'm you know I, I want to find that one CEO who tells me like their day is exactly the same every day, but it, it's never the case. Like you know, no matter how how big or small the company is, it seems like all the CEOs are just wearing multiple hats and just jumping in wherever they need to mm. focus their attention yeah. on. So, so yeah. I, I think that's, that's, uh, basically, uh, exactly the same with every, every growing company. And as you grow, then you can afford to hire people who are better at this than you are and you can handle the work. But yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so that, no, that's awesome. Where, where do you, where do you want to see status meter in the next, you know, two to three years? Um, so, so that's actually a 
interesting question. Uh, obviously, we we focus on growing. So uh, at the moment, let's say we are uh, above 300 customers. So in two years, if we are at at 1,000, that would be great. Uh, other than that, uh, we really look uh, like we really try to understand where the whole market is going. And I feel that NPS uh, has started to be like a commodity uh, that quite a lot of other tools have in them already. Uh, like if you're talking to about live chat or about some other uh, SaaS tools. So we see that the, there is a need for, a, let's say, a bigger, uh, better view into the whole customer journey and how the satisfaction evolves for each customer throughout their journey. So that's something we are looking into how, how to actually help SaaS companies with this. So in two years, if we, if we can, uh, if we have a tool that would, that would allow, uh, SaaS companies to build, uh, their whole customer journey experience and measure it inside Salis Meter, I would be happy with that. Awesome. Well, it seem, definitely seems like uh, you're on the right track, have a really solid product. So I have no doubt you'll get there in no time. Um, thank you. you know, uh, Andre, I do, I do want to be mindful of your time here. Um, I do end off each chat with what I call the founders three. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead. Uh, number easy stuff. Number one, your favorite book. Uh, Preferably great, business book. The Great CEO Within. The Great CEO Within. Uh huh. Okay, perfect. Uh, number two, your favorite vacation spot. Mountains. Uh, I love hike, hiking, so any any remote mountain with a heavy backpack. On my, this is on crazy. My back. The last person I interviewed had the exact same answer. The answer they just said yeah. mountains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like you're in a rush every day, all day. So somewhere cold where not many people bother you. It's amazing. Right. And then any favorite mountain? So, so I. Uh, I love uh, like Albanian mountain, uh, Montenegro and the region around that. Yeah. Nice. Sounds awesome. And if you can go back, what's the one thing you wish you knew when you were just starting out in business? Mm. That's quite hard. I yeah. uh, like reminiscent uh, on, on this recently with Jakub and my co-founder and we, we were surprised that how, how like how many things uh, were different uh, from what we imagined, but how much more we learned uh, throughout the journey. So I don't think there's one thing you can uh, pinpoint that that uh, we wish we knew. Maybe that it's uh, how how much more time than uh, previously we envisioned uh, it takes to build a successful company. So it's it's not like uh, two years and then you're done basically. Uh, that's some like that's a little bit naive probably, but yeah. Uh, other than that, it's it's surprising that you after 
four years of doing the daily, you still learn every day. Yeah, it's it, it's funny you mentioned there. It, it, you know, no matter how you know big or successful you get, when you when you sort of take a step back and, and talk about the stories and the journey, like the best stories always come from like the journey, the struggle. Yes, and, it's still know, ups so, and downs every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, it's a good way to end this off, Andre. Thank you so much. I uh, really enjoyed this chat. I think a lot of folks are going to find a, get a lot of value and, and great insights from it. So uh, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank that. you, Costa. Pleasure talking to you. And uh, I'd love to stay in touch to do this again sometime and uh, wish you continued success. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear it. Be sure to check out founderviews.com for my latest posts and episodes on my journey with everything SaaS, business, and startups. Talk to you later. Peace.